at first, it's tough to master, but I really look at it as a mission. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but you get so much appreciation for helping people find their way through their business issues. It's just been extremely fulfilling on my side. And I think knowing that there's closure with a client, like you come, you have a problem that you work together to solve, and then you get to a a conclusion and it feels really good. The more you do that and you see the patterns and you conceive of ways to make things happen for people because you have this expertise, then you really become a consultant. From Columbus Business First, it's Women of Influence, an interview series showcasing some of the most inspiring women in the central Ohio business community. When Lisa Shunison talks about accounting, it makes you want to be an accountant. Her passion for the industry is all the more notable given her path to it. While she studied accounting in school, she took a long break to have a couple kids before finally taking the CPA exam. But in the years since, she's risen quickly and now leads Wayland CPAs as its CEO. Lisa recently visited our office to chat about her path, her role at the firm today, and what people misunderstand about the industries she loves. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate you joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, Let's start big picture. Uh, Why accounting? How did you get into the industry? (laughs) When I was, I knew I was going to go to college. My mom had had a bad experience in her life with her first marriage, and she said that if she had girls, they were going to have an education so that they could make sure they could take care of themselves. My mom's 98, so she's been around a while. Um, So I knew I was going to college, but at 18, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So my parents suggested that I do something in the business area because, you know, you can do a lot with that degree. So I did. And when I got out of college, I got I, I um, graduated in June and got married in July. And uh, shortly thereafter, we moved to my husband's home state of Minnesota. And so life got busy. I had a baby. I never took the CPA exam. And when um, I stayed home with my kids until they were 12 and 8, and when I knew I was going to get back into the workforce, I studied for and sat for the CPA exam. And um, at that point in time, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'd worked some part-time jobs and some other jobs um, off and on during that time, not really career jobs, but I had really come to the conclusion that accounting was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a gift when you can know yourself well enough to find that spot. And mm-hmm. so that happened to me, and it's been uphill since then. What was that that experience of going back into the workforce, especially such a demanding profession? I would imagine even just taking the exam was probably, uh, it's, it's never easy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was talking to, uh, I take each person at the firm out for lunch, just one-on-one once a year. And interestingly, today, the person who um, was my guest for lunch, she's been with the firm about 10 years, and she's had a very rocky um, start, came out of addiction, and through a lot of hard work and determination, has now sat for the third Monday. She sat for the third part of the exam. She's passed them, which is hard, and she's, but, you know, she has a child at home, and Full, more than full-time job, and yet she's very dedicated and, and passed. And I think she'll, she's close to 40. I think once you get a certain age, you're just like, um, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, the nice thing about the profession is that 
something like that, like taking that exam, that certification kind of boosted me into a place that wasn't starting at ground zero, even though I had taken a pause. Mm -hmm. And um, so showing that I could pass that exam made me, I think, stand out among other candidates, and Mm -hmm. especially to pass the first time also kind of gave me a boost up. And so I was at um, Whalen. I started in 96, and I really was catching on very quickly. But I think because I had already kind of had my um, runaround years behind me, Mm -hmm. I was very determined, and so it went pretty fast. So by 10 years in, I was an owner in the company. Wow, wow. Well, and it is a field I think that's you know notorious for some intense hours, especially at certain times of the year. Um, how how did you manage that as you were coming up? I guess your kids were a little bit older, which probably helped. But well, you know, as I look back, maybe should have been gone when they were younger and home when they were teenagers. But um, yeah, well, and they're just in a they're less. Uh, mobile mm-hmm. and uh, have less personality, I guess. <laughs> but my kids are great, and my family's been very supportive. My kids were supportive. Um, and I think that the fact that everyone wanted me to succeed and had watched me kind of do that, uh, you know, go back to school and, and get my certification, I think that it they were bought into it. And we all just worked together to make sure it really happened. Mm-hmm. So... My employer, Waylon, um, I said, you know, I want to pick the kids up from school, so I need to leave by 3. They're like, fine, which meant I needed to get there by like 7. And so my husband would make sure that, you know, he was taking care of the kids in the morning. So we just really worked it out. And I will say that even though there were a lot of hours, it was always very flexible at Waylon. It was always very family-friendly, still is. And our hours are bunched up at the beginning of the year, which makes it nice because then you have a a pretty good rest of the year. By mm-hmm. April, you know, you're really um, down to a 40-hour week, you know, mm-hmm. if that. Mm-hmm. So even though it has a bad rap, it's been really good for me and um, and my career and my family. My daughter has a PhD in accounting. Mm-hmm. So she went the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. Is she Does she... Where is she in academia or does she, she teaches at OSU? Okay, mm-hmm. got it, yeah. got it. So I've hired a couple of the people that she's taught. Oh. Yeah, the circle of life. <laughs> As with many of my guests, Lisa's ascent to the top job means doing less of the day to day work that made her love accounting in the first place. But she still gets to build the relationships that are a key part of the industry for her. Well, and then you see so your CEO, Wayla, now. What does your role look like today? Are you still doing a lot of accounting or is a lot of firm management much more so? It's management, it's strategic planning, it's making sure things get implemented, it's making sure we have the right team members. A lot of um, intake, like what's going on in the market, what's going on in the industry, more heads up. But I have a lot of very strong client relationships. And even if someone else is helping me with the work, I am very involved in making sure all the nuances are handled because I'm the one who knows those. Mm-hmm. So I have clients that I travel with that I, you know, invite to my children's weddings. I mean, just it's very close relationship. And that's the, the gift, I think, of a, of a career in accounting is that you become very close because you're working with intimate knowledge. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I have the best clients in the world. I really do. 
Well, tell me a little bit about the firm. How big is Waylon? How big is your team? Are you growing? Sort of what are some of the strategic priorities for you right now? Yeah, so we're about $8 million in revenue, and we have uh, close to 40 members. That varies from time to time. Uh, we are growing. We feel like our growth comes from having the right team members. We're also in an association of accounting firms, independent accounting firms, uh, who want to remain independent and may offer a lot of support. So, um, you know, if we have something that we feel like we need help with, we'll reach out to our partners. Um, some of them are, you know, in Chicago and Atlanta, but we can always count on them to help kind of if it's a intricacy of a certain industry or a nuance about a certain tax law, we always feel like we have that support. Lisa has the inside track to up-and-coming accounting students thanks to her daughter's line of work. But that doesn't mean the talent market is exactly easy for the firm. It's so tough. And even worse, uh, Waylon is very, we're very picky. Mm -hmm. So I tell people at the office, we're elite and we are elite. Um, And I'm not just blowing smoke. We, you have to know your craft to work at Waylon. Or uh, if you're newly out of school, you have to be intent on learning your craft because that's our secret sauce is the people that we have there serving. So you have to have a servant's mentality. We don't like people that are self-centered because they're not thinking of their client, they're thinking of themselves. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tough ship, Mm -hmm. but we have so much fun. And because we are like-minded, there's just a bond that we have with each other. And I've never seen people who just have each other's backs the way people at Whalen do. There's not a lot of drama, gossip. Uh, People are very loyal. And I think that's just the recipe to success in any company. Um, As we grow, we are, you know, really working to make sure that that remains part of the secret sauce. We don't ever want to lose that Mm -hmm. because we're not growing just to grow. We're growing so that we can continue to employ, um, to have the the means to employ the people who can meet the needs of the clients Mm -hmm. because, you know, supply and demand, the smaller the supply or the smaller the supply, the more that you have to pay for talent. Mm -hmm. So you just have to you know, keep working with the market. And that's my job. That's where I'm staying in front of that at all. Yeah. So how are you finding the talent that you need? Well, we have very happy people who invite their friends. My daughter has sent some people. Um, We have recruiters. We have also had internal recruiters. We don't have one right now, but um, recruiting is a very important job. All the leadership works on that as one of their main Mm-hmm. Um, main tasks. Um, and so, you know, we're always interviewing. And um, one of my mentors a long time ago, I asked, you know, how did you grow your firm? And he said, it's the talent. And so we're always looking for talent, no matter whether they, you know, necessarily know accounting or so like recently we hired a, an, a dentist who's retired because we have a very um, robust medical, dental, Mm -hmm. vet practice area. And um, she 
besides her dental degree, she has a lot of other degrees that lend themselves to being very proficient in um, the internal workings of the office, mm-hmm. the operations. Oh, okay. So she's going in and she's helping them learn how to automate, have their systems talk. Insurance billing is kind of what's driving that uh, internal office in, in many instances, as well as policies with their patients and things like that. So that's, you know, a place that we recognize we just wanted to support, not just by doing their financials and tax work, but by actually having someone come in and help them help themselves with Mm -hmm. the operations. So that's been really successful. A lot of steps avoided by using technology and processes. Mm -hmm. So that's just an example of where it doesn't necessarily have to be an accountant Mm -hmm. if we find that we have a need to help our clients be more proficient in an area. That's very interesting. Circling back to to the, a bit the beginning of our conversation and the theme of this podcast, this is about women in business. So I imagine when you were starting out, where what did gender parity look like? Were were you one of very few women, and how has that changed over the course of your career? Interestingly, in accounting, it's been somewhat female dominated, oh, really? but not not in the upper echelons. Yeah, I feel like it's a glass cliff situation mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's really been a great job if you were, you know, if you had kids at home or other constraints, par- elderly parents, something like that, because, you know, it's one of those things where you can get closure so you know when your work is done. And if that's the role you want, not necessarily a career. I always say that accounting is beautiful because it's a vocation and a profession. Mm-hmm. So you, it can be vocational. Or it can be very professional. The longer you do your vocation, the more expertise you build, the more you can be uh, consultative. So um, it's really an area that can, I just feel like it can be so broad. And it's the language of business. So, you know, any business needs that service or that function. So I wouldn't say that I felt that there were... um, any kinds of issues with the number of women. I would say that there aren't a lot of women in accounting, well, really in any industry, but in accounting that are CEOs. Mm-hmm. Um, Whalen has never been, like there was never a ceiling. They've always been and we remain, merit, it's merit-based. So if if you know you deserve the job, then the job will be yours. There may have been some compensation issues. <laughs> uh, I don't know that for sure. I I think there might have been um, that I probably wasn't as well paid as maybe some of the others, but um, we're making up for it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. One thing that really caught my eye on your bio uh, was that one of the things you're involved in is veteran empowerment through motorsports. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? <laughs> so I'm not on the board anymore, but you can imagine that... Um, Anytime I'm asked to be on a board, they usually want me to be the treasurer. (laughs) So I was the treasurer, and um, that's a group that's led by Peter Klein, and he has a real passion for um, veterans that have issues from being, you know, deployed or kind of PTSD issues. It doesn't always have to be, but they've... um, and I don't want to speak for him, but I think the general feeling is that if you are drawn to a career in the military, maybe you just have a need for speed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you come out and you don't have that adrenaline rush. And so this motorsports 
kind of fills that void and helps you to kind of re reintegrate. Uh, so that's that was a great um, a great mission, I mm-hmm. think, that he he thought of, and it's ongoing. We still do their work from a a nine ninety four nine ninety perspective. So that's a, that was a connection you made via the accounting world. I thought maybe it was that you were a secret NASCAR super fan. <laughs> no, actually, I have a very warm heart towards <laughs> veterans. My dad was in World War II, uh, but Peter Klein, well, Catherine Klein. His wife is a client of mine. Okay. Therefore, I, we became friends. I met Peter. Peter asked me to be involved, and that's kind of the story there. Got it. Well, where what, what sort of things do you do outside of the office to unwind? What are, what's your go-to hobby? I like to read. Um, I read a lot. Uh, the lake, um, our lake house, that's very peaceful. I feel like when I, we go out there, it's close enough. We can go every weekend and still meet obligations in town if we have them like weddings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is like having a little vacation at the end of every week. So I highly recommend that. I spend a lot of time with my six grandchildren, oh. babysitting oh, or when they're at the lake. Like old enough to have six grandchildren. Thank you. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm plenty old enough. And they are the joy of my life. I said, um, that's the only reason to have kids is to have the grandkids. It's not true. I have great kids. But the grandkids are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old are they? Seven, five, four, three, eight months, and six months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You got like all those. Yeah, months. yeah. Uh. Yeah, so my son has two and my daughter has four. Uh-huh. Wow, that's great. That's cute. The eight-month and the six-month-old would be cute for them to grow yeah, up together. Yeah, I say uh, my hus- one for my husband and one for me. <laughs> um, actually, at the lake, we have a bunk room mm-hmm. with six twin beds, one for each. So they're not all old enough to sleep yeah, in them yet, yeah. but that was the big plan. Now, I don't know if we keep having them, what we're yeah, going to do. Yeah, you'll have to build an extension <laughs> onto the lake. That's great. That's the cousin room. <laughs> uh, what... Types of books do you like to read? Do you read a lot of business books or more fiction? Um, Well, I'm a student of the Bible, so I read a lot of uh, theological books. I read a a lot of uh, fiction. I love history, so I'll read a historical book, like not necessarily a war book, but maybe a a person's life, Mm -hmm. like Benjamin Franklin or, or Thomas Jefferson or I don't even know, like any kind of really... Um, I don't like sad endings, so I usually am not like big into any kind of war. But I like to I like to read about people mm-hmm. and what where they came from, where they went, um, kind of their rise to glory and how that happened. And um, I don't know. I I'm bent towards people, mm-hmm. probably more than technical, which has kind of lent itself to. Because I have the technical skills, but then I've kind of passed that, and I'm really into the. Um, my job makes it so that I'm more into the people side, yeah. and that fits into my wheelhouse very nicely. Yeah, that is interesting. You mentioned before we started recording some of the preconceived notions about accountants. What do you think? What do you think people get wrong about people who work in the industry? Everything. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's. It's tough. It's a tough, um, at first, it's tough to master, but, you know, I really look at it as a mission, and I know that sounds kind of funny, but you get so much appreciation for helping people find their way through their business issues. Even connections you might have and connecting people, 
because you have different clients that may have connections that need to be made. You know, just the way I've been connected by people I know, it from being on boards and just meeting people through clients. It's just been extremely fulfilling on my side. And I think knowing that there's closure with a client, like you come, you have a problem that you work together to solve, and then you get to a a conclusion and it feels really good, you know? So I always say what used to really thrill me was like every year, you know, you, you do the tax return, you put the baby to bed, you start again with the January accounting by the end of the year, you know, you've got that all. And I used to, you know, input checks, run payroll, all the very, you know, intricate things. And I would really know my clients because Mm -hmm. I was like, and putting their checks back in the day, you know, now we use all kinds of automated um, systems to do that. But you were really getting a lot of closure. And and then once, as I said, that's more of the vocational side of it. But then the more you do that and you see the patterns and you, and you conceive of ways to make things happen for people because you have this expertise, then you really become a consultant. Mm-hmm. And even the other day when I was in northern Michigan over the holiday, I, a client called and she wanted a name for her new LLC. So I came up for with a name. And even stuff like that is mm-hmm. just like, wow, you know, a client of mine has an LLC that I thought of the yeah. name. So it's just very intimate. Uh huh. Yeah. I feel like you're a great salesman for the accounting profession. If I were better at math, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on the math side, um, we have all kinds of things that calculate for us. <laughs> it's more knowing the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm really not a salesman. I just passionately love what oh, I do. Yeah. yeah, and I it just, just comes out. So. Yeah, and that's I, great. Yeah. You're great. Hopefully some people will listen and be inspired. Uh, well, and on that note, I always like to end by just asking for a piece of advice you would offer to a young woman just graduating from college today, entering the workforce. No, it just, I would say be persistent. Nothing is accomplished in life um, if you're not willing to put in the work. And, you know, I really feel like if you give up too soon, you know, if I, if I had said, well, you know, I have these kids, I, this is what, you know, I feel like once you take, start taking those steps to like get where you want to go and it just, it's like dieting, you know, you lose five pounds and then it's fine. I can lose 10 and then it's 20 because you kind of started down the road. And so I, I would say start, know where you're going and don't let anything deter you because you'll have setbacks and that's just how life is. But I, um, I just feel that a lot of life is just being persistent with mm-hmm. what you want. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty soon it starts coming together. And I look back now on a almost 30-year career since I got in, back into the workforce, and I, I kind of laugh at how many things I got all tangled up about that made no difference whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing about you know getting here. I don't like the wrinkles. But what I do love is just the perspective that you get. And so just stick with it, you know, just stick with it. You'll persevere through it and don't let that noise get in the way. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Well, that's excellent note to end on. And I really enjoyed chatting with you. So thanks so much, Lisa. Thank you. And thanks so much to all of you for joining us as well. 
If you're not already, then follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll be notified of each new episode as it's released. Another huge thank you to Lisa for joining us. I'm Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First, and this has been Women of Influence. 